Hello, and welcome to the 86th episode of the Not Your Mama's Gamer podcast, a podcast where we talk about games and gaming from a femi- feminist perspective. <laughs> feminist. Hold it, hold it together. Hold it together. <laughs> My name is Samantha Blackman, <clears throat> and I am joined... Uh, I'm an associate professor here at Purdue <laughs> University in wonderful West Lafayette, Indiana. This is going to be Apparently, awesome. I know absolutely <laughs> nothing tonight. <laughs> but I'm joined tonight uh, by two of my co-hosts, Alex Lane and Wendy Sierra. Ladies. Hey. Yo. <laughs> really? <laughs> It has been a really long, terrible week, Sam. It's you Wednesday. Know? Oh my god, I want to jump out a fucking window. <laughs> it's not just Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Oh. We're a third of the way through the semester. Does that make you feel better or worse? Way better. Way better. Yeah, it's week five. Oh, that's cool. So I have just over two-thirds of the semester left. All right. So <laughs> tonight we're going to be a very fun bunch. And we're going to start with our usual what you're playing, what you're reading, what you're drinking. Wait, don't uh, we get to introduce ourselves? Well, you, 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 I gave you the opportunity and you just went, hey. <laughs> but yes, Alex Lane, please tell us all about yourself. I'm an assistant professor at Metropolitan State University in actual wonderful um, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnesota, and I study video games and things. And... <laughs> okay, Wendy. I know, I was way better than my hey. I am an assistant professor at St. John Fisher College in Rochester, New York, and I also study video games and things. The rhetoric of things. The rhetoric of things. Yeah. So you want to know what I spent my day doing today? Going What's through that? a bunch of texts. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, well, I shouldn't spoil this. This is going to be a big part of the article that me and Napa have coming out. Going through a certain text and counting up how many women they cite. Mm-hmm. Especially in the article about why women don't join their movement. <laughs> I'm sure that was an invigorating and really encouraging project to work on. It made me feel good, you know. Oh, I know what it is. Just All right. To see our <laughs> yeah, lovely. So, now we'll get started with what you're playing, what you're reading, what you're drinking. Um, let's start uh, with what you're playing. What you, what are you guys playing? This week. Alex, we'll start with you. Okay. Uh, let's see. So I have a major confession. Uh, last night I was very bored and I resubscribed to. Don't Woo! say it. Don't say it. Wow! <laughs> is, it, is it because I keep telling you how I'm playing again? Can I feel I like, like you maybe. Like a little bit? Like a nut? Yeah, you like. Planted the seed. Yeah. That grew. And then last night I was like, I just want to battle the fuck out of some battle pets. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. I need your battle mat. Oh, yeah. Really? Alex Lane, really? 
uh, it's been pretty fun. Yeah, I'm deeply saddened. You sh well, you shouldn't be. <laughs> um, so I've been playing a lot. That, that's not only like the last yesterday and today, um, but I, I like it. It's calming, and you can battle pet. And I like my pets. I forgot. I've gotten almost. I have like twenty level twenty five blues. Yeah. And um, I'm missing a level twenty five dragon and a level 25 undead and they're both like level 20 right now so I'm working on leveling them so I'm enjoying it uh, the other game I'm playing which I forgot the name of but I wrote it down Defense Grid 2 which I'm going to talk about for my indie game of the week and that has sucked up almost every free minute that I've had this entire week because I'm so obsessed with it <laughs> so nice yeah and the normal stuff that I'm playing every week, but those are the two interesting things. Okay. What about you, Wendy? What you playing? Uh, a little bit of Bioshock this past week. Because Which Bioshock? The first one. Really? Going, uh, going classic. I had a student group that wanted to do a uh, book club style discussion of Bioshock, and it was totally adorable. Some of them made little, like, they went and got plastic syringes and put red and blue jello in them to make them, like, the Adam and the Eve. Um, so we had Bioshock-themed foods. Uh, and we had a really good discussion. Yeah, I love the design twist that happens at the end and sort of contextualizes the whole quest structure. Super fun. Mm -hmm. So I've been playing that, and of course, wow. Um, and then I also busted out a little Left 4 Dead 2, because when your week sucks, happiness is killing zombies. This is true. We're yeah. killing something. Yeah. So a lot of, like, older games, but I feel when... I find when I get stressed out, I don't have the energy or the brain to accomplish new games. I just want to go back to what's comfortable and familiar. That's what I do as well, like Sims and and WoW and things like that. Like they're my escape when I need an escape. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes I and I'm like that with a with a lot of uh, time management games. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, they, they just kind of... I got a dog come. in uh, Farmville, by the way, Farmville mm -hmm. too. You got a dog? My She earned her dog. She, she earned her a, dog? or she, she got, got Because the top three places in that last tournament that they had got dogs, and she got a second place. See, that's just wrong. But you know what? Uh, oh, is that wrong? Okay, well, no, 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 it's not wrong. <laughs> Don't you be talking about my mom. No, 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 no. no. That's not why it's wrong. Listen, it's wrong because that update that they pushed like two days into that last um, challenge that they did broke the game for me on my Android device, and I and it wouldn't, it wouldn't. Uh, no, that stinks. It would crash every time I tried to start it. So I missed my dog again. Well, my mama got it. And I'm not buying a dog. And I had not played it at all since like two days after that last thing started. Yeah. Uh, and then 
my phone is set to automatically update apps, so it, I guess it had updated, and I hit it by mistake the other day, and it opened up, and I was like, oh, really? Hmm, okay. Screw you and the horse you rode in on. <laughs> um. <laughs> not the dog you rode in on, though. So, no, not the dog, no. So obviously the answer to what you've been playing, Sam, is not Farmville. No, it's not Farmville. <laughs> but did you finish it, Wendy? Yep, yep. Okay, because what I'm playing is not Farmville, but I am playing um, on my Android device, uh, Tiny Towers Vegas. <laughs> Tiny Towers Vegas. I feel like I need to look that up. Which is very different from the original Tiny Towers. Remember, that... there was Tiny Towers... I don't remember. And then there was um, Tiny Death Star, where they were all time management, right? Build, build, let build levels, and uh, keep them stocked, and you know, so on and so forth. And then Tiny Towers Vegas just came out, and I was like, well, I'm not gonna play Tiny Towers Vegas because I played Tiny Towers and I played a little bit of Tiny Death Star and just a little bit, because I was like, eh, Tiny Death Star. It's just Tiny Towers on the Death Star, so really no need to play it. And then I heard that Tiny Tower Vegas was different because on the casino levels, you can actually play casino mini games. <laughs> I like that. So I installed it. I spent a lot of time at the casino on this last week. Well, see, you can play Tiny Tower Vegas, you and I can be friends, and you can play... Casino mini games. There's poker. So far, I've got a poker. Um... Do you win actual money? No. <laughs> Thank so, you. so far, I have slots and poker. And you can't choose. Like the other ones, you could choose which floor you want to build next. Like you want to go a hotel or a restaurant or retail or casino or whatever. No, now it just chooses for you. So, eh. Um, that. Um, I am also playing Sims 4 because <laughs> I broke down and bought that this week. And I immediately made a me sim. Hmm. Like, I made a sim that was like completely me in terms of um, like personality, personality traits and other characteristics and interests. And you know what the weird thing is? Is that sometimes I just like turn it on and leave it on and like let free will take over and she does exactly what I would do. Yeah. <laughs> kind of freaky. Yeah, it's a little weird. Yeah, it's kind of freaky, but it's funny to watch because I'm like, yeah, so here's what you need to do. So we need to eat and you need to do this and you need to do that. Um, and you need to clean and so what are you going to do? And I'm watching her and she'll go to the refrigerator and grab like a bowl of cereal and sit down and play video games. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, score. That is exactly what you do. It's like an interesting exercise in like how self-aware you are. Yeah. And then every morning, like five minutes before before she's supposed to be at work, <laughs> she gets up from the computer, throws her clothes on, and runs out the door. Yeah. <laughs> That's like me too. I'm like, 
Well, I know it's really beneficial to be neat, but that's not realistic. <laughs> Let's see. I can read fast. All right. All right. I can keep computing now if I don't do makeup. Okay, I can keep computing now mm -hmm. if I don't take a shower. Okay, I can keep going now. <laughs> yep. So yeah, so my sim, you know, my sim, you know, does the thing. So I'm like, yeah. So let's hire a maid to come in on a regular and <laughs> make enough money and then get a maid. But then maids don't come every day in Sims Four. Have you noticed? No, they don't come every day. It's really annoying because I'm a dirty bastard. Mom. I know. And you can't go in and order and order like a second maid. I, I, tried, I tried it. Yeah, you can, you absolutely cannot. The only thing you can do is cancel it. Yeah, that is 100% correct. You can't get like an off day maid? Nope. It's so stupid because then you're sad because your place is dirty and it's like I have money and I want to throw my money at someone to make me neat. Well, my, my, I didn't, because since, you know, neat isn't really one of my characteristics, I didn't give her that characteristic, so she really didn't give oh. a fuck if it's kind of messy, yeah. Yeah. So well, you can do slob, and then they're fine if it's messy, and then they never clean on their own. That's, I like to do that. Well, I'm not a slob, so. Me either. I didn't put. <laughs> <laughs> totally not. So I didn't put that in as an option. Um, if I didn't have if I didn't have a kid, I might be. <clears throat> All right. So, um, and the other thing that I've been playing that's new and not this. Oh no, two other things. Uh, Destiny. Um, I uh, and that was my Power Hour review this week. So I've been playing a little bit of Destiny. Um, but it's been a really crazy week, and I've been like super duper busy, so I haven't had a lot of time. To play a bunch, and I got it. Uh, it hasn't. I haven't even had a week yet, um, so I haven't put a lot of time in yet. And I'm I'm counting on some some quality time to put in some some hours uh, this weekend. Hopefully, I'm hoping to spend way too much time staying up late. I hope to see a unicorn this weekend. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, who's he? What's it? <laughs> That's, when I hear people say they hope to have free time, I think to myself, I hope to see a unicorn. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, the, it's probably about as likely as me having some free time. Yeah. But if I can, if I can stay up late, then I can play. So. That's why God made coffee. That's why God made coffee. But coffee doesn't keep me awake. But you know what? That really is not going to happen because I have a um, a game night to go to on Saturday night. Yeah. So. That's fun. That unicorn. is fun. Unicorn. Unicorn. Like with non-school friends, that would be impressive. Yeah, with non-school friends. Ooh. I don't buy it. Look how fancy. <laughs> Did you just say I don't buy it? so fancy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with non-school friends. Nah. So we'll Knitting friends then. We'll see how that goes. Um, Let's see. What else? Blah, 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 blah. Super Smash Bros. for the 3DS is the other thing that I've been playing this week. The demo, anyway. Um, and I like it. <laughs> is that, Super I convincing. I know. It is 
exactly what it is. It's a fighter, right? And it's kind of fun. Um, it wasn't, I don't know, I wasn't as excited about it as I thought I was going to be. But then as you play it and you start to learn the moves and what each character can do, they only unlocked five characters in the demo. But you start to learn what each character can do and which characters to use against which other characters, it becomes more addictive. Um, so I don't know about that one. I'll probably end up buying it, <laughs> but uh, so. But I've have had fun, and I think I'll have more fun when I start competing against other people. My physics teacher in high school had Smash Brothers Friday every Friday, and that's what you would do. You would play Smash Brothers. Well, see, you need to buy. You're gonna need to buy Smash Bros next week so we can play. No. No. Someone wow. talked me into buying Destiny, so I'm gonna buy that tomorrow. For the Xbox One, right? Yeah. No, are you gonna are you gonna okay, buy it digitally and buy it for the three sixty and then you also get a free copy for the Xbox One. Why would I buy it for the three sixty? I don't know, so you have it for both consoles. Uh, I don't need it for both consoles, do I? Who has it on the three sixty, anybody? I have it on 360 and on the Xbox One because I mean, you, if you're going to buy it, just buy it for the 360 and then you get it free. Yeah, but I could also just go into Target and spend like a minute getting the disc. Fine. <laughs> but see, if you put it on your 360, you take your 360 to the office or something, then you can play at the office. My 360 is broken. I don't okay. have a 360. Then don't buy it for the 360. Okay. <laughs> it was a crazy download. It was a crazy download. It was it was a small download for the 360, only like eight gigs or something like 8.5 gigs or something like that. Um, but it was easily twice that for the uh, Xbox One. Mm -hmm. But 40 gigs. That's what was like before they released it. What? Before they released it. They were saying that it was going to be 40 gigs to download. I think that's for DLC. <clears throat> well, okay. I mean, it was a, it was just a rumor. It was, it didn't turn out to be true, but yeah, it's only like, it's only like 16 or 18, I think. But uh, they, they say, you know, you might need up to 40 gigs, but I think that's what they're counting on with DLC because they got a bunch of DLC coming out for it. Is it really good? Is it really worth it? I think you'll like it. <laughs> it's it, no, it, it's it's like okay. How can I explain this? Um, what I wanted was another Mass Effect, and that's not what it is. Um, it's like a, it's like Halo and Mass Effect had a baby. Yeah, that's right. That's what you said. Yeah, it's like Halo and Mass Effect had a baby. So it's more than just a shooter, but not as narrative heavy as Mass Effect. Um, I want more narrative, but Ugh. narrative, <laughs> you know, there's a new eject button on uh, Google Hangouts. <laughs> um, narrative is fun. Well, okay, so I like the campaigns because I'm not always a multiplayer person, so I'm fine with the campaign, but it, it's more like just the narrative, terrible narrative ramming down your throat that you're just trying to get through so you can play the rest of the game. Okay, but what you have to understand is that this is not 
a single player multiplayer game, it's an MMO. Mm. And I have already gotten to the point that I am stuck mm. <laughs> at a point that I am not going to be able to get through without somebody else. That makes it way more interesting. Um, so yeah, I need you to buy it so that um you and I can play together. I'm gonna go get it tomorrow, don't worry. Worry not, my friend, I will come defend you. Yeah, because I'm at a point that, you know, I, there's no way. There's no way I'm getting through this. I've tried to get through this one um, get, get through this one area like 20 times, and I keep getting killed. Like, sometimes I'll get killed. I'll have, I'm like, okay, I've cleared out everybody, and then just like, I'm like, I'm, now I'm just going to run for the door. And then all of a sudden, this motherfucker will jump from behind something and shoot the shit out of me, and I'm dead. So, and then because it's, it's in an area that is controlled by, quote-unquote, the darkness, it kicks you all the way back to the beginning. Cool. So you have to do it all over again. And I'm not happy about that. So, yeah, I need somebody to help me at this point. I'm on it. What about Ricky? Ricky's playing it. Yeah, but Ricky and I are godly never playing at the same time. Because, you know, I'm, I play late. Because I don't play until after P goes to bed. Even though I did let her watch me play through the tutorial, um, since we but since we don't do um, <laughs> since we don't do guns, I had to punch my way through. <laughs> you, you meleeed your way through the shooter MMO. I did, yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. Hey, do what you gotta do. So she's like, I'm running through, and she's screaming, punch him in the neck, punch him in the head, punch him in the nose. And I'm like, well, hell, if you're going to be that violent, I might as well just pull out a gun and start shooting people. <laughs> but I did not. <laughs> anyway. So, yes, that is what I'm playing. Um, and since I am already there, I'm going to jump in and tell you what I'm reading. Um, okay, so here's an odd thing. <laughs> Somebody had posted on Facebook a while ago about the um, the book, the new book, uh, Wolf Wolf in White Van, or something like that. Have you seen that? Mm -mm. Yes, Wolf in White Van is the name of the book, um, and it's by John uh, Darnell. Um, and it, so they they had written how it was supposed to be like the greatest like game novel ever, blah 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 blah. And I was like, yo, what about Ready Player One? But clearly, it's it stuck with me enough to make me forget almost instantaneously that I had read about it. And the other day, I had I picked up my Kindle and I'm like, what the hell is this on my Kindle? Wolf in White Van? And I was like. I, I was like, maybe I need to call them and say, because I thought maybe P had like <laughs> hit the button and bought a book that I didn't. Yeah, because uh, I because I leave um, one click on right, um, and but usually it's like stuck in the in the kids zone that she can only get out of if she puts the password in, which she can't do. Um, and then so, but I but I picked it up and I started reading it, and I'm like, huh. This is pretty interesting. Maybe I'll keep it. And then, like the very next day, somebody mentioned the book again, and I was like, "That's where the damn book came from." 
I bought it. I was like, yeah. That's how much it stuck with me right when I first heard about it. But yeah. um, so I've read like the first couple of chapters. It's actually pretty good. It's it's about a, it's about um, a kid who is playing um, role playing games via postal mail. Um, and it seems to take start at the end or middle and move back. I'm not quite sure yet because it's that's the way it's operating. And that's the so. But yeah. I'm not going to say much more because, like I said, I'm at the beginning of it. And it's kind of interesting and confusing. All you know that is that there's some weirdness going on with some D&D type stuff. And this kid's disfigured. Um, and it seems to, and, and I'm picking up, I'm like, so is he disfigured by something that he did while he was playing a D&D type game? That seems to be the, the suggestion thus far, but it's very well written. It's very interesting. Um, and then uh, one of our friends said on Facebook today that they were listening to the audiobook, uh, and because the guy who wrote the book is a singer-songwriter of some band that I do not know when I will probably catch all hell for that. Um, but... And so I don't know if it's his voice that's reading the audiobook or someone else's, but it's supposed to be great as an audiobook. Um, so I'm thinking about picking up the audiobook because I, I like to listen to audiobooks as I fall asleep at night. So, yeah, that's all I'm reading. Well, other than intro to com theory stuff and post-humanism stuff, but that's we'll save that for another day. I'm not really reading anything games-related. Well... I'm reading plenty of stuff, but nothing, nothing new or interesting to report. Yeah, all my reading is uh, class-related right now. I am teaching a game design class, so I'm going back through uh, Zimmerman and Salem's Rules of Play. Mm -hmm. That's our, our big text. Um, and am continually amused every time I underline some, every time I hit something that I previously underlined, and I'm like, "You're right, Wendy. That is great. Rock on." <laughs> <laughs> it is worth underlining. <laughs> so that's fun. Um, I will say that after hearing so many positive reviews from you guys about Bad Feminist, mm -hmm. I just. Uh, got with our feminist caucus group here on at Fisher mm -hmm. and uh, we're gonna do a little reading group for that nice. so I haven't read it yet but it's it's coming I feel like I'm just starting up like a satellite campus now because I'm doing extra life after hearing about it from you guys <laughs> and, now, and now we're doing bad feminist about it from you guys. I don't know if you have any interest in a satellite campus in Rochester. <laughs> you know what's funny is that we, we seem to be we seem to be uh, inspiring people all over the place because there's been a couple of people um, who have also started their own Soup Tuesdays uh, after. I, so I that's kind of fun. Tuesday. I, but my husband won't tell you. I would eat soup just about every meal if I, if like, he would let me. I think that it's my favorite class of food. Um, if we were like in RPG, I would play soup. Soup Tuesday's fun. Mm -hmm. 
You are a night elf soup. <laughs> is that a soup that soup. night elves make? Or a soup made of night elves? You're mm. the soup glass, you tell me. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to leave that alone. I'm not going to talk about it by night elf soup. Alright. <laughs> what look, it may look. or may not be made of. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, Fair just let's just uh, let that one float on by. So let's jump uh, forward and say, ask, what you drinking? Wine. Coffee. Coffee. That's only because you're trying to stay awake. I'm trying to stay awake for you lovely people. Oh, thank you. You're a sweetheart. We missed you. Mm -hmm. uh, I am drinking a sneaky sneaky. Yeah. Where is it? Let's see it. Cheers us. Who's that? Yes, it's a red solo cup again. I'm classy. Okay. I'm going to get a special glass just for a. Uh... Like a goblet. You should get a goblet. Just get a for podcast nights. Get a mug from Cafe Press that says Social Justice. We do need to get we need to get some special um Nine Moms Gamer glasses that we only use to podcast with. <laughs> Good idea. Yeah, see. Now I'm thinking. We'll figure it out. Not just a hat rack. Not just a hat rack. Remember those, maybe the, those kiosks in the mall where you get like glasses engraved or whatever, the really cheesy ones. You keep it up. I'm gonna send. I'm gonna send. I'm gonna send all y'all one of those for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Will it be monogrammed too? Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not putting monograms on it because so when so when you guys leave, I'm asking for them back. <laughs> you can just send it to the next. <laughs> send it to the next co-host. It's slightly used. <laughs> All right. Oh my God, you guys are horrible. What is wrong with you people? <laughs> you? We haven't said anything. That is all you. Sorry. Projection. All right, Alex Lane. Tell us about your uh, indie game of the week. It's awesome. Defense Grid Two. I didn't play Defense Grid One. Not a gamer. Ooh, you suck. Okay. So. Um, <laughs> But, so Defense Grid 2 is a tower defense game. Uh, it reminds me if anybody played Command and Conquer on the original PlayStation. Mm -hmm. um, I don't remember which number it was, but they had like a skirmish mode where all you did was you had land and you set up a base and you defended it. And that's basically what this game is. Like there's a little bit of story, but it's totally neither here nor there. You have, like, Tesla coils, and you have lasers, and you have, uh, gun, like, like, guns, and you, each, like, couple seconds that ticks by, you get some resources, and you use the resources to make guns, you can put boosters on them, you can do all this stuff. Um, I think it was kind of expensive for a tower defense game, probably, like, 20 bucks, 25 bucks, but if you like that kind of game, it's probably one of the best games I've played in a really long time. I don't remember liking a game this much for a really long time. So it's an indie game. 
Oh, I forgot to look up what studio makes it, but you could easily look it up. Uh, Defense Grid 2, worth, if you if you like tower defense games, strategy games, this is 100% up your alley. It's awesome. It sounds, it sounds good, but you know what? I am so waiting, because next month, Beyond Earth comes out. Yeah. And I have to buy that. Defense Grid 2 is made by Hidden Path Entertainment. There you go. But Beyond Earth is a lot more than a tower defense game. Yes, it is. So, this is straight, 100% straight tower defense, which is what I want. So, if that's your style of game, this is it. If it's not, not worth the money. I want to play it, but I don't want to pay $25 for it. No. We all got our it, it's, it's the best of those types of games. One of the best I've ever played of those types of games. Maybe the best. Because it doesn't pretend to be anything else. Yeah, I want to put... I, I'm sorry. That, that makes perfect sense. And it sounds interesting. It does. It sounds like a good game. Yeah, but I'm going to wait. Because I got, I, it's like, oh, there's so many games out that I want right now. It's not Destiny. You don't have to have a buddy playing it in order to do well. It's all in you yeah, and Yeah, but I also have Smash Bros. coming out and Fantasy Life coming out and Beyond Earth coming out. And there's like 10 games coming out next month that I want. Mm-hmm. So what do I do? Well, it's not like this game's going to go anywhere. Or change. I know, I can wait for the uh, Steam Christmas sale. I bet it'll be pretty cheap. It'll probably be at five bucks. Yeah, see? I can do that. Or if I get really bored during the uh, Extra Life Marathon. Yeah. Which is what usually happens. I always end up buying like at least two or three games from on Steam. And you need something sort of zone out and It's really, for what it is, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 what usually happens. It's like I need something that changes up things to keep me awake. So mm-hmm. I grab something right then. Yeah. Yeah. Good that. Awesome. Um, we usually do news, but you know what? We don't really do news, but you know what? There's one thing that I think we have to talk about. Hmm. Blizzard canceled Project Titan this year. This yes, week. Yes, they did. What the hell does that mean for Blizzard, man? That they recognize that gaming is changing and they're going to go in a different direction. So my guess would be. So I they're going away from them that Since, uh, what was it, two years ago, they said they were scrapping everything and starting all over. I mean, yeah, but they, they were still working on it. So why put two more years into it? That's that. Scrap everything and start over. I stopped. Mm-hmm. I stopped believing any Blizz. I stopped believing. That it's just weird because I mean, because WoW is on the way out. I hate to say that for you, WoW aficionados. They know it though. It's and they know it because the numbers are dropping so fast. I mean, is that why all of a sudden they were like, oh, you know what, screw it, we're not even going to put more money in the Titan? Because I, I, I don't know if they were just thinking that Draenor was going to uh, turn stupid. things around. They're not going to make 
that a new expansion of all the old stuff. They're just trying to get as much money. That's why they've been accelerating the rate with which they come out with expansions. They're just trying to get as much money as possible before it dies. Maybe they'll leave it be and just keep the subscriptions um, and withdraw support for it. But, I mean, they're not stupid. They know it's failing. They're trying things like with Hearthstone. It's a totally different type of game for them. Um, yeah, so... I thought it was surprisingly not surprising. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting to see where they go next. Sort of feel like the uh, MMO is really kind of sliding on its way out in general. Yeah. But then what does that say for games if, like Destiny, though? I just wonder if that's like me and I'm getting old and I'm just not... My husband is sitting next to me nodding his head. He's like, yes, you're old. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, if I'm just not interested in MMOs, but I don't know. I feel like, feel like they're on their way out. Yeah, but what, like I said, what does that say for games like Destiny, right? That Destiny's a new game. And they're counting, you know, they've said that they think that Destiny's going to last 10 years. <laughs> I would like to see them have a console that lasts 10 years. <laughs> Well, that's, I think, but, but you know what, I don't think it has to, because your character transfers uh, cross-generational. Cross Does it? I thought yeah. that there was no cross-generation between. It is, the, the, the character transfers cross-generational, because I started playing on a 360, and then when I installed it on my Xbox One, my character was there. So the game isn't cross-gen, but because it's, um, because it's cloud, you get, it's kind of like how Skylanders Okay, yeah. So you can't play with people on the other ones, but you can access I'd imagine. your character. Your character, yeah. Yeah, you can't play cross-platform or cross-generational, um, but you can you, you, with other people, but you can't play your own character. Mm. So if I want to play with, if I own both the 360 version and the Xbox One version, I can play, say, with Alex on Xbox One, and then if, like, my cousin is playing on the 360, I can log in on the 360 and play my same character with him on my 360. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, you know, they're, but like I said, they're counting on it being 10 years. They say 10 years. They, they're they pushing DLC and updates for 10 years on, on what they're thinking we'll see. on Destiny. Yeah, we'll see, especially if, you know, they're as narrative light as they are right now. That's the other thing. Oh, but did that get pushed back? <coughs> Dragon Age Inquisition, did that get pushed to November? No idea. How do you not know this? How do you not know it? I do. Because you're looking yeah, it right got now. pushed in November. <laughs> it was supposed to come out the. It was supposed to come out. I think in October. It got pushed to November 18th. Nah. Um. So yeah. So that would be a good segue though to talk about narrative. Because that's what we're going to talk about this week. Yay! Is narrative. Um. Ooh. And Alex Lane is here to be the naysayer because she's oh. not a real gamer. And uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. 
kidding. Um, is Real gamers press things besides X to further the dialogue. I'm just saying. Na, 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 na. Press, press X to Jason, damn you. Press X to Jason. Da, 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 da. That was amazing. I'm going to listen to that after the podcast. I missed that. There you go. That was a narrative-heavy fucking game, and I like that game. Just the you games did. you usually like that are narrative-heavy really suck. Really? No. Oh, yeah. Persona? Totalizing <laughs> statements are the song. I liked Persona a lot. But I that's could, like, read a book. Why read a book when I can experience it? Not like I don't read, but anyway. So we're going to talk about narrative <laughs> this week, as Ow. you can tell. And we're going to fight um, a lot. I'm tired and punchy, so this is going to get good. And I disagree with Sam, so it's going to be amazing. At least she <laughs> wants to. Um, so narrative and the import of narrative, I think, is, a, is an interesting discussion to have. Because for me... Like playing Destiny, Destiny is an interesting game, and I will play it in fits and bursts, I'm sure, um, because I like it as a game, um, but it will not hold me, nor will it get the number of hours out of me, nor will I be playing it for 10 years like I would if I were playing this game if it were more like Mass Effect, because I need strong narrative in a game. I like shooting things. I like killing things. Shooting is fine. Melee is fine. Um, all of those things are fine. Strategy is fine, but I need a narrative to continue, to keep it going for me. So why to you does that make someone more... I, I, and I know you were teasing about this, but like, why to you does that make it more of a game? Or make it doesn't make it more of a game, but, seen, it, but it does a little bit. For, well, for me, what it really makes it is more of an interactive experience. But you don't like things like you didn't like Second Life. No, I didn't like Second Life because there's no narrative. The ultimate interactive experience. Yeah, but there's no narrative in Second Life. There's just a well, bunch of people in flying penises um, in Second Life. There's also I mean, there's not just interaction, there's immersion, mm-hmm. engagement. And I think that what Sam is saying is that for her, an essential part of becoming immersed in a game is... Is coming immersed in a story. Yeah, like a narrative that gives you a context and a meaning for your actions. Yeah, and I understand the concept, but... I'm... I just, for me, that's not what gives a game engagement or immersion. Like, that's watching TV. But you don't like watching TV, right? I don't watch TV. Mm-mm. So, I mean, but I think that uh, you know, it, it'd also be useful to differentiate or fuzzy up a bit here what we mean by narrative, because you know, I like a really good narrative in a game as well that I did not like Last of Us at all, and it's because I felt like I was just, you know, playing the puzzles to get to the next part of the movie. And if I want to watch the movie, I'll go watch a frickin' movie. 
I'm here to play a game. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so even though it was a good movie, mm-hmm. exactly. I yeah. So. And, and I should say, when I'm talking about narrative, I'm talking about more than just the story. Right. I'm talking. A lot of things come together to function narratively, is what I should say. Right. A lot of things come together to function narratively for me when I'm playing games. Is it's it's the story, it's the setting, it's the music, it is all of these things, and in some cases it's the mechanics, right? Okay. Um, then we're not arguing about anything then, because if you're just talking, if you're calling your in your experience of a game a good narrative, then we're not disagreeing. Yeah, but if but see, but for me. And here's the difference between you, between you and I here, is if the story's not there, the narrative falls apart. But the game falls apart for me. Then I you're just more lenient about what a good story constitutes because I've played games you've recommended that have had terrible stories. I thought, and the game's like. falling apart for me. Like Persona Four. What was terrible about that story? Everything, <laughs> every every single moment of experiencing that was terrible. Persona Four, Persona Four was a you know what? Okay, so let me tell you this about Persona Four and why Persona. I like played so much Four. I played more Persona Four Golden, so on the Vita than I played on my PlayStation, um, because well, one, it felt more like a it felt more like a handheld game to me. Some games just feel more like a handheld game, and a lot of that has to do with mechanics and hardware. So I think a hardware has a lot to do with immersion for me too, because some games just feel like they should be on handheld devices, and Persona 4 was definitely one of those for me. I know some people will say I'm being blasphemous, but you know, hey. Um, but the story itself was really good, but the mechanics were extremely repetitive, which is probably part of the reason that I needed it to be on a handheld, because then I could put it down whenever I wanted to, and I wasn't forced to sit on the sofa holding a controller and pushing the same buttons over and over again and getting pissed at it. Because that's um, a, that, for those that who haven't a played a lot of hours in the Persona Four. For, for those who haven't played, it's it's there's lots of dialogue. Um, the story is these high school kids go to this different realm because some crazy shit's happening in their hometown. And for at least the five or six hours I played, it's mostly pressing X to get to the next dialogue option. Then you well, walk down the street and then you hit X to get to the next dialogue option. Is that not fair? No, 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 no. There's lots of fighting in it. Right? There's lots of fighting. There's lots of fighting with your persona, right? Um, so you 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 have these different persona as different characters in the game, and your persona fight the evil characters in this alternate realm. Now, the fighting mechanics of the game itself were very repetitive, and I'm not going to hold you up and say that's not the case, but it was the advancement of the narrative that kept me playing through that. Because I wanted to see what was next. See, I just feel I feel like you're calling you're calling narrative engagement, and like you can't possibly argue with that because it's like no. But you said mechanics are part of narrative, so therefore I said mechanics can be. Okay, 
So mechanics can be part of narrative. So that's part of immersion. And you, and you keep talking about immersion. You don't. It doesn't sound to me immersion in storyline. That doesn't sound like narrative to me. Well, so um, I kind of want to um, pull on, like, not to cite things at 10:30 in the podcast, but. Uh, on Jenkins here a little bit. He talks about this idea that I always think is really useful and how I think about narrative because I really like horror games. Mm-hmm. Right? And Jenkins is, has this idea of evocative space and he talks about how, you know, in an area like the Pirates of the Caribbean area of Disney World, there may not be an explicit start to finish story but it's a narrative space because everything in that area is meant to evoke the idea of pirates from the sounds to the type of stone that they use. You exactly. Know, it's part for of sure. the story. Right. Sure. It's and part of the narrative. And so, like, in, for example, Silent Hill 2, that, like, really, that mm-hmm. fog that is, to a certain extent, a mechanic that covers up the graphical inabilities of the systems at the time is also a narrative event, uh, narrative moment because it creates this sort of creepy weird town yeah. where you're constantly on alert because you can't see very far ahead of you mm-hmm. and it's creating that atmosphere that's essential to that game so yes. in that case the fog has a narrative element it also has a mechanical element Yes, and that's exactly what I mean, right? It's like when I say mechanics can be a part of the narrative, I'm not saying all mechanics, right? But I'm talking very specific kinds of narrative. Like if we think back and look back at games like Brothers, right? The the mechanics in that game, because because the mechanics become or or help or they they build right that sense of immersion, right? They aid that sense of immersion because of the way that you must operate the controller in order to and to in order to operate the characters on the screen that is a narrative that is when mechanics are narrative then right? I'm not disagreeing with you at all then Na- narrative to me in a story is hitting buttons to get to the next dialogue screen no but see that's not that's not narrative so so if that's not narrative then we're on the same page yeah, no, that's not narrative. See, like I said, the mechanics in Brothers, or even if we th- start thinking about the way quick time events operate, where you have to like physically like shift your controller um, in order to move in a certain direction, where it asks you to move your body in a way that your character will also move, right? Aids in that sense of immersion. It also, in that case, for me, is a part of the narrative. To me, that just sounds like the game. So we're talking about all, like all the elements of the game coming together for your experience. No, and well, that's that no, I'm hundred percent on board. You're talking about like moving your body and the buttons you press and the some mechanic elements. Like I'm a hundred percent on board with that. Is when, what makes a good game. But what I would say is like when a game is well designed, then your me- mechanics and your narrative are. Seamless. They're both. That's the ludology and neurology debate. Right. Right. Forever, right. Like it's both. For sure. Like they're they're working in concert with each other, and they're both enhancing each other. For you sure. Know, Last of Us, I think, even though people really really praised it for having a story that they found compelling, for me, completely falls apart. It was mechanically point. broken. 
Right, and there are times when they used cutscenes to violate the player's agency or to get around things that, mm-hmm. were it not a cutscene, you could have prevented or altered. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that would be an example of like something that's negative. There, the narrative is sort of impinging or overwhelming, and the mechanics that you have don't support that narrative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, and I understand that, you know, people loved The Last of Us. I don't understand it, and I apologize. And <laughs> it, it is still in my pile of shame, and one day I will fix it. I will finish it. I got to the end, but... One day I'll finish it. I, I, feel, that, I feel that I must. Fair bit but of boot. It, it's broken. And, and that was one of the reasons it was... It, it kept pulling me out of the story because it was so it was so broken, and that is why I was just I rage quit it. I'm like, how can I get into this game and into this story if I have to stop and look for the right fucking pixel to hit every time in order to advance the narrative in some way? And it has nothing to do with. And if it had been, you know, hit the right pixel because you have to find that right spot in some kind of puzzle, that would have been fine because that would have added to the level of frustration that the character is supposed to feel at that moment, right? So it becomes a narrative element. But if it's just because they didn't program the fucking game well and I'm supposed to be able to hit that wall and climb it, but I can't unless I hit the right pixel on the wall to start climbing the wall in the first place, which doesn't, you know, have anything to do with climbing the wall at all. Then that pulls yeah. me out. I just felt like I was playing the mini game between the movie. Like the things that I did in the gameplay section didn't really matter in the scope of the story. Because the and same cutscene was happening no matter what you did. Right, right. Well, and it was like, all right, good job, little minion. Now here's your movie candy. Now, you know, run on this wheel for a little bit longer and then I'll give you another movie candy. I'll just, just go watch the movie. Right? So here's a question. Did you... Um, do you like games like The Walking Dead and Wolf Among Us? I was not a huge fan of The Walking Dead, but I felt like... I I felt like there were times when the impact of my choices weren't clear in ways that I felt they should have been clear, and there were times when things that I felt should have been a choice weren't a choice. Mm -hmm. So the way agency was incorporated was really uneven for me, and I didn't even finish it because I got frustrated, and I was like, yeah, I'm not doing this. I'm out. <laughs> I wiki the ending of it, and I was like, yeah, whatevs. But what about the mechanics of the game? Did it feel... I mean, because a lot of people have made that same argument about the about the Telltale games, or make that same argument about the Telltale games, is that they feel that the quick time events are just push A, push A, push B, um, push the, you know, push the... Push the Blah, push the trigger. I'm like, I'm like, what am I? Yeah, and and then wait for the next cutscene. Well, I I actually liked Heavy Rain, Mm -hmm. which 
use QuickTime events. But, but I guess like in Heavy Rain, I don't know. Heavy I, Rain was an amazing game. Yeah, I felt like the choices were more authentic and when I, I felt like when I made decisions, I knew the decision that I was making and the repercussions of that, even if they weren't necessarily the ones that I originally anticipated, made sense in the context of the decision that I made. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel that way in Walking Dead. You know, in Walking Dead... Uh, the story's written. Yeah, and, and the set points that are unchangeable are so monumental. I don't know. I mean, I guess you could argue the same with Heavy Rain, right? It is the same, but because they they marketed it as a game that you, this is the first game you truly have choice, so when you're sort of navigating through it, you really do feel like you have agency, and you can fail, right? Well, like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I failed a couple things. And die, mm -hmm. but in the end, it's always the same. Well, and I guess one of the things that, I, so I'm teaching a game design course, this semester, um, and one of the things that I've told my students is, you know, you're always operating in a closed system when you play a video game. It's a rule-bound system, and it has to be. When a game is really well designed, you should feel like you have agency, even when you're following a pretty well-defined path, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that means that the choices that you make when you make them feel natural and the consequences, even if they're consequences that were set in stone, feel like the natural outcome of the choices that you make. Right, that's, that's good design. I think for me that's good design right there. And I felt that way in Heavy Rain. I did not feel that way in Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I'm still going to give their fucking Tales from Borderland a shot because... Man, and I Game of Thrones. Man, and Game of Thrones. Got to give that one a try, too. Love me some Borderlands. Love me some Game of Thrones. So I'm going to give them another chance to to bring it back around. I'm hoping that the Telltale Game of Thrones... Uh, Walking... Damn. Borderlands game <laughs> inspires me to uh, actually play Borderlands, too. Well, Which I, but I have not played. Well, you should play it with me. We can play with Doug. Sometimes Doug, Iman, and I play Borderlands together. Very, very fun. Oh, we'll see. <laughs> I call him out. I call him out. He plays Borderlands late at night. Yeah, but no, see, I don't want to play with. I don't want to play with. I don't want to play with anyone. Um, yet because I don't play it. And I hate to be bad at a game in front of in front of people that might talk about me. Yeah, but if you people could uh so Borderlands, you're just playing like the same sort of what, twenty, thirty missions over and over and over. So you can have people like run you through to get you some good gear and stuff. Well, I, I, my my style in a shooter is Spray and pray. So trust me, I'm not going to judge. <laughs> and I'm old now. My reflexes are slow. Spray and pray. So I don't want to like be embarrassed. But so okay, I want to go back to narrative for a second. Narrative. So narrative. 
because you were talking about how a well-designed game um, will let your choices influence the outcome of the game, right? Well, or will at least let you think that your choices have influenced the outcome. Right. So what about... Okay, so like I said, like I said, Mass Effect, the Mass Effect series has been one of my favorite um, RPG slash shooters in a very, very, very long time. Um, and it was like for me, it was like one of the games that had the perfect blend of shooter and narrative, um, which is why you know I have very high standards when it comes to games that say we're not just a shooter, but we are also. Like Destiny says, we're not just a shooter, we're an MMO. Okay, so MMOs have heavy narrative arcs to me, right? Because there is lore that these MMOs are based on. And that comes from me from years of playing WoW, which I refuse to ever pick up again. But I played WoW for years, right? So now You want to talk about hitting X through the story, though. That's like the definition of wow. Yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. Just give me a damn quest. Whatever. I don't do that. And we, we, Alex will tell you this. This is why she and I always had so much trouble playing together when we play. Because she hits X through everything, and I read everything. So it's like each time you pick up a quest, it's ten minutes. <laughs> and she wants to finish each quest before you pick up a new one. Hmm. Yeah. It's the craziest style well, to play. But if it gives I you enjoyment, legit. That's also kind of like, you know, if you don't play a lot of MMOs, but maybe you'll play a lot of single-player RPGs, that's a totally acceptable play style. And a single-player RPG, right? That's how you might play. No, but I mean, it's not yeah. like it's not like I was an MMO. It's not like I was an MMO noob. I mean, I've been playing MMOs since fucking Ultima Online and EverQuest. So, I mean, it's not like MMOs were new to me. It, it's just that that has always been the way that I play, is I want the story. I mean, and, and even when I play, like, RPGs, like, even single-player RPGs, yeah, I'm the one who goes through the library and reads all the books to get the lore. Oh, man. So you need to know why you're going to kill those ten rats that time <laughs> and why you're going to kill those ten rats the next time. <laughs> Yes, Alex Lane, I need to know why I'm killing rats. Thank you very much. <laughs> not always, but yes. there may be... Always. No, not always. But then, I mean... Okay, so think about it, though, seriously. Remember the Do last... It. What was it? The last the last WoW expansion that you taught me into playing? Pandaria? No, it was the Goblins. Yeah. Right. So remember when we were when we first started playing that it was it was the one where we 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 uncovered because we stopped and read that whole slavery story arc. She's like, no, I don't remember that. No, I, I absolutely. But they were chained to the wall, and you were hitting them with a pain stick. It wasn't exactly hidden in the narrative. Yeah, but it was it was. <laughs> They were chained to a wall, and you were hitting them with a pain stick, Alex Lane. But at the same time, if we had not stopped to read, we would not have gotten the full story. No, I don't know about that, but... 
All you would have known was there were people chained to a wall and they were getting hit with a chain with a, with a pain stick. Yeah, but I'm not five. I understand the concept. Like these guys are chained to a wall <laughs> mining for me. So you would have known they were slaves, but you wouldn't have known the history of their slavery. Well, you didn't get. I don't. I don't remember getting the history. Maybe because I didn't read it, but I don't remember the history of their slavery <laughs> either. I, I, I get your point. I get your point. You get more depth if you read right. the quest text. It's about depth, and that's what I want. <coughs> so it makes me a very slow player in games like that. Yes. I but, thought you fell asleep a lot. <laughs> yeah, you would swear I was. Asleep. I'm like, no, I'm reading the fucking quest text. But I, that is what I like about those games is to know the full story, right? And it's the same thing when I play like any of the Morrowind games or any of the Dragon Age games is that to take the time and read the full story. It helps me understand why what's going on in the game is going on. Yeah, you're not buying it. Look, I, I completely understand that that's what gives you pleasure out of the game. And it's not what gives me pleasure out of it. And one's not wrong, one's not right, I don't think. Maybe I'm wrong, you're wrong. here. But Yeah, you're you're definitely wrong. It's uh, and, no. and I agree on your main point where it's experience and it's immersion and it's story and mechanics and this huge it's your experience of the game, like is what makes it good or bad. I think we just get that experience not from totally different elements, but from slightly different elements. I don't know. I mean, and, and well, I mean, because I enjoy running, I enjoy running gun games as much as the next person, but they don't hold me as long. You know, like I said, like with Destiny, it's why, you know, I can play an hour here and an hour there and be perfectly happy. If Destiny was Mass Effect, I'd be putting in three, four hours a night. Because I'd get story. Yeah. But can't we just say we experience games differently? And no. Be happy? No. no. We all have to have the same experience. Yep, always. <laughs> if we don't have the same experience, you guys, then you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Absolutely. And that's why Call of Duty is not a game. <laughs> There's so many people you rail against for calling the games you like not a game. It's like the second time today that you've called games other people like not games, Samantha. <laughs> but I'm kidding. I know it's different when I do it. I'm right, they're wrong. <laughs> you use your power to judge other people. Go ahead, do it. I will, on a regular. <laughs> Sneaky. Times two. <laughs> on that note, on there. Problem solved. Well, I'm right. Glad we answered that one. Yeah, that's good. Yep, moving on. Moving on. Ooh. I'm glad that those other guys weren't here tonight because I would have been by far the minority. So. Yay. That's because Wendy wants to play devil's advocate and wants to back you up. Bunny didn't back me up. Are you crazy? <laughs> I'm squeaking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, that's just misinterpreted to you. You sound British when you talk to me. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, you heathens. <clears throat> so, ooh, I want to see. No, that's going to turn that off. Um, on that note, <laughs> now that we all know Alex Lane is wrong. Um, Agreed. Yeah. I have no idea of what our games for broke-ass gamers are this week. <laughs> uh, Valve Complete Pack is on sale until October 1st for 25 bucks, which includes a lot of Counter-Strike, a lot of Portal, a lot of Left 4 Dead. Team Where is that on? On Steam. Oh, okay. And uh, there's also some really good deals in there if you don't want to buy the whole pack, but you just want some individual ones. Mm -hmm. Portal, I know it's old, it's still freaking awesome. God, it's Portal's amazing. Two fifty. You know what really got me with Portal is the story. <laughs> Sorry. Fuck you, Alex Lane. <laughs> Portal is two fifty, and Portal Portal Two is five bucks. Cool. Oh, you know what? And I made a note of this to make note to go back and buy it myself. The Humble Bundle this uh, this week. Thomas was alone is on it. Yeah, the Humble Bundle is the PC and Android 11. So it's like um, Thomas was alone, bridge constructor, who cares? Cube Man's one and two. But it's got um, the Blackwell one, two, and three. Didn't you like you like? The Blackwell games, because you did them for one of your indie games, Alex. I absolutely like the Blackwell games. You're right. Yeah. So you get so. It you know what I liked about them? The story. <laughs> but for real. But for real, I really did. <laughs> so it comes with Thomas Was Alone, Bridge Constructor, Q Man, and Q Man Two, kind of flat. But if you pay above the average, which is currently six dollars and twenty-seven cents, you get Blackwell One, Two, and Three, and you also get Small World Two. Plus the DLC, the board game, the um, Seven Wonders board game, Small World. That's and then, sweet. yeah. See, and if you pay more than $11, you also get Surgeon Simulator and Anomaly Defenders, which I don't know what either. And who know. doesn't want Surgeon Simulator? Uh, me. It's me. Sort of like WAP, uh, but with surgery. So picture that. If you I want Small World too. I don't want to picture that. See, that's the thing is that I should probably actually find out how much Small World 2 is because the only thing I want is Small World 2 because I already own everything else in there that I want, which is Thomas's Alone and that's it. And I'm like one or two of the Blackwell games. In that case, you should just get it and send me Thomas was Alone. Small World 2 is $14.99. Oh, so it's cheaper to buy the Humble Bundle. The DLC is four ninety nine, two ninety nine, and two ninety nine. Well, there you go. Humble bundle Outlast. in my future. Outlast is also currently on sale. If you're looking to get a horror game for your gaming marathon the week before Halloween, six seventy nine. I think I already own Outlast. I never played it. I don't think I own it, so I was looking at getting that as well. Six seventy nine. I hear the. Uh, the DLC is Bananas. I have not played it yet myself. B -A -N -A -N. Cool beans. Cool. I don't see that either of you own it. I own it on, on Outlast. I own it on uh, uh, PlayStation. 
the console. Can't creep on you if you're talking about what games you have on console. You can do it on Raptor. I was like, yeah, you can do it on Raptor. You can see what we own. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know on PlayStation. <clears throat> yes, you're the you're the uh, dedicated PC gamer of the group. Indeed, I I will say we fought a tough battle deciding whether or not we would get a console for Destiny, but as yet we are still console free. But you guys got kids and stuff, right, to spend money on? Lol, I got a dog. I was like, no, she doesn't have a. <laughs> That's usually my excuse for spending money on stuff. I was like, I'm the one with I'm the one with kids to spend money on, and I still spend all my damn money on games. I know. I I was asking her rhetorically, be like, if you don't, you're not spending money on this other shit. You might as well spend on well, games. I just have a really awesome laptop. I just bought my husband a really awesome computer, so I don't really see a reason to get a console that's going to be worse than my laptop. Destiny. <laughs> yeah, you need the Xbox One because you need to play Destiny with us. Again, if you need friends to talk you into good decisions, I'm not the friend. <laughs> Destiny. <laughs> I'm not even the one that really wants it. He's the one that really wants it. See, that's the only really. I, I tell you what will convince me, though. If that Silent Hill game turns out to actually be awesome, that would get me to get a console. That would he, do he, it. Here's what... Well, tell this to your husband. Here's what I always... This is how you convince your partner when they don't want to do something that you do. Why you would start, I tell him this? So you start with something that the other person vehemently doesn't want, like without a doubt is not for discussion. So for example, when I want a new puppy, I tell Mike. I was going to say she's going to tell a puppy story. I tell Mike, I say, I want to have a baby. And he's like, what? No. And I was like, well, then a puppy. (laughs) Because then you compromise and get what you wanted all along. What? I was thinking about getting a getting pizza for dinner. Oh, I really don't want pizza. Well, how about we go out to eat then? So that's what I really wanted the whole time. Why why would I tell him the strategy? Doesn't seem like a strategy I want to share with him. You seem like a sharing couple. I don't know. Don't you want him to have equal weight in the relationship? You're very unfair. Nope. You should probably get a console to make that up to him. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, oh, Pete. Do not listen to Alex Lane ever. Her rationale rarely makes sense. But I always do what I want. (laughs) And you can, too. It's going to be the name of my book. I'm going to get tenure based on that. Oh, okay. Let's go for that one. I'll work on it. Jeez. You guys All right. Well, you know what? You, you trained me in rhetoric, Sam. It's kind of your fault. Sorry. I know. Well, we have we have an email, so let's go through our one email this week. <laughs> and before we before we before we say goodbye, you almost made me forget talking your madness, Alex Lane. <laughs> and our email is from um, Leslie. Uh, and Leslie's email says, um, I'm a recently out trans woman and I have been utterly appalled by the behavior of the gaming community. 
even if it is a few bad apples. It doesn't matter because there are enough to do a tremendous amount of damage. I've been listening to your podcast since the beginning. I once teased you about using the word interesting too often, for instance. Yeah, I think the, the joke was something about making it a drinking game. We remember that. Um, and I very uh, fondly we remember that. I very much appreciate having this queer-friendly and feminist perspective out there along with others. Um, as someone who has also had a cadre of dude bro stalkers, some who have tried to um, out me to my employer or send abusive messages to my family, I can relate to someone like Anita or Zoe who um, have gotten what I got times a billion. Now, I have people, I've seen me, I've heard people note some ethical lapses on Anita's part, but the response has so eclipsed whatever real or perceived wrong, it's really frustrating that you can't point out the harassment without someone bringing up some petty minor thing one of them did. And as a side note, Leslie also added what I've been drinking, Paps Blue Ribbon, what I've been playing, The Sims 4, and Minecraft. I was with you until you said Minecraft, Minecraft, Leslie. I was with you until you said Minecraft. Um, thanks for sending me an email, Leslie. And you know what? You are spot on. It, you know, it, it's it's always that that moment, right? It's like, you know, okay. So it's hard to say. It's hard to... The way that I that I put it, I think when we talked about it last time, is that I recognize that I am not Anita Sarkeesian's audience, and that that is the way that I that is the way that I kind of frame it for myself. Um, yeah, it, it's it's hard to say. Okay, now let's focus on what is a real or perceived wrong. When she's going through so much other shit, and people don't understand that, right? It's like, and I say it all the time. It's like, interestingly enough, feminist frequency wouldn't probably wouldn't have gotten the amount of funding that it did through Kickstarter if the Dubros hadn't started their shit, mm-hmm. right? Because people donated to show their support. And that is what, you know, it's like totally astounding to me. It's like you hurt your own argument by being an asshole. <laughs> or maybe that's just me who thinks it, you know, that that kind of is the way that this operates, right? Because there's there's lots of interesting stuff to be said. You know, Anita Sarkeesian has said some interesting things. Um, and has also said some things that a lot of feminists don't necessarily agree with, but or some feminists, I won't say say a lot, um, or but you know it's it's hard to get those people on your side in any way, shape, or form when you know rather than making any real and logical argument against what she's saying, you're just like. Yeah, and I'm gonna rape you and stuff your body in a, you know, stuff your dead body in a garbage bag, right? Or you know, or am I just crazy? Well, did you see the posts um, that were going on behind the Zoquin stuff about how to respond to the situation to get taken seriously? 
They were like, stop using the word, the word cunt, stop, you, stop threatening them. We want our, our perspective to be widely accepted without them knowing that we're really so hateful. So they literally, like, hit her ex-boyfriend was counseling the people um, making the attacks against her to use different language to, so that people more accepted what they were saying. Which is interesting, right? Because that goes that goes back to, you know, questions of ethics that I know a lot of people struggle with when they start thinking and talking about how to educate people in terms of rhetoric, right? And I will never forget, you know, good Lord, it's been one of the kind of most interesting moments I had was with a was with a first year teacher who struggled with um whether or not she should be helping a student um, who had politics that she vehemently disagreed with make a stronger argument. And I said, well, that's what we're supposed to do. That's what we're here to do is we're here to teach this. You know, you teach the skills and not necessarily the application. You don't give him, you know, say, okay, well, here's what you do. Instead of saying this word, use this word, right? But you talk about how these things operate. And she goes, well, so technically I could be, you know, helping to educate the next Hitler. And I said, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you teach the things that we are supposed to teach and how they apply it is totally and completely up to them. But you don't say, well, since I think you may use this against a body of people, I'm not going to teach you anything, Right. I mean, it's a it's a difficult thing, right? So in, in those cases, right, it, it does become a question of ethics. And then, well, I guess the, the ethics change if you're not the official educator, right? So, you know, if it's just you online and you're like, well, do I help this person out and say, you know, if you weren't such an asshole, <laughs> you know, people might listen to what you say, mm -hmm. you know. Then that becomes a different question because in that in that case because you're not you're not acting in the role of an educator you can say well you know what fuck you yeah go ahead say it twice <laughs> you know you know use you know use the word bitch rape and fuck every chance you get right because that's gonna make your argument stronger repetition. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. I think Wendy would sleep on us. I'm fading fast. <laughs> Coffee is wearing. not working. Yeah. On that note, Wendy needs to go to sleep. Leslie, thanks so much for sending sending us your email. We're glad to know you're still out there. Keep listening. Keep sending mm -hmm. us the email. So. I was writing down the note. So, um, you can always contact us. You can send us, you too can send us email. If you email us at nymgamer at gmail.com um, or you can follow us on Facebook, Now Your Mama's Gamer, or on Twitter at, at nymgamer, uh, or you can come to our wonderful, wonderful blog and see our daily pithy posts at nymgamer.com. Excuse me, I also have a Tumblr page, nymgamer.tumblr.com. 
And those might be all the ways that you can possibly contact us. Um, at least I hope I'm not forgetting anything. <coughs> Excuse me. So we take voicemail, email, video mail, whatever you want to send us. We are happy to take um, and respond to. So uh, blah, 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 blah. I think that's it for episode 86. In books. Or, 14 away, people. 14 away. So until next time, stay warm, stay dry, and as always, my friends, game on. Game on.